Uh, Nelly said, workmanlike for the Green Bay Packers over the Lions, RJ. What would you say about the Packers over the Lions that game yesterday? It's becoming the norm. You look like you're just going to beat them down, and then you decide to get conservative for a little bit. Well, most of the saying, all gas, no break. Then when you need to run the clock out, you start passing the ball and giving the Lions another opportunity to score. Um, so, And then when Matt Stafford went out, I was like, okay, well, maybe maybe not. You know, Maybe the, well, then, they're going to struggle a little then bit. Then you did the, the defense that prevents you from winning. <laughs> and uh, they went right down and outside of, well, I mean, the, it, it was a drive that was aided by like 12 penalties. Yeah. Um, so, oh, my God, the penalties were atrocious it, for the yeah. Packers defense. It was so bad. But you basically let them dink and dunk down the field because you didn't want to give up any big plays, even though probably should have a drive before uh, that Marvin Jones Jr. Dude, that catch catch was sick. That was a catch, by the way. Yeah, It was a catch. Yeah, That was hands down a catch, and that was sick. And the guy who recovered the uh, onside kick only had one foot in. Yeah, well, it was only nine and a half yards. I saw yeah. the the. By the way, the Packers now have team controlled media. I don't know if you guys saw that. I saw they now labeled them team controlled media. Everybody have that now. Well, that's what they are calling them. I was just like, that sounds kind of weird because there was uh, the Big J reporters who aren't team controlled weren't allowed in uh, close to the action on uh, practice on I think it was Thursday or Friday. But the team-controlled media was allowed. So Packers.com was allowed in. Yeah, so the team-controlled media guy said, he's like, I don't know why everyone's freaking out. This is on Twitter. It's like, that ball went out of bounds at 9.5. It would never, there's no drama here. It was never a question that the Packers weren't getting that ball. Right. The onside kick. But that, uh, but yeah. But the Packers it, it special looked, teams it looked is bad. Short. Packers special teams oh, is yeah, atrocious. That, that kickoff where you, I mean, if you're kicking that direction, you better set up. A, a scheme to force that guy out of bounds. I mean, <laughs> there was nobody over there. No. That's like, that kick was a surprise to everybody. Yes. And and, and, this, and the surprise thing about it was, how many times did the ball fall off the freaking tee, and they had to go and like, it's like, okay, how is this a surprise to anyone? The other question is, why did the ball fall off the tee indoors? That's, <laughs> maybe they hit a fan on or something. <sighs> Uh, the Packers, it, 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 Rowdy's point, workmanlike. You would say it was workmanlike. I guess going through the was it? I don't know. I tried to find positives, See, in but it. like you can't say going through the motions because I mean Aaron Rodgers was great. Devontae start, Adams yeah, was great. To start that game, they were looking like it was just going to be a blowout. Yeah, and then, I, and, and you're watching it. It's not like Detroit made any major adjustments to stop what they were doing because they kept doing it. It just, you, your red zone offense is still somewhat lacking. Well, I mean, if you're not getting the ball 25 yards or out and allowing receivers to then run their way to a touchdown, it seems like the Packers outside of that touchdown to Tanyan, Tanyan, get it right. It's like Funyan. Um, it's like Funyan. To kind of, push them, extend that lead, uh, Yeah, they sh- seem to struggle in the red zone in terms of their pass plays. Well, did you guys start to get a little nervous? As, uh, you know, the third quarter, Packers come out and try to, like, put their foot down a little bit, but then the fourth quarter happens and the Lions start coming back into it. Did you guys start to get a little nervous? Yeah. Rowdy? Um, the only time I got really nervous was that onside kick. <laughs> <laughs> Where... Yeah, another half yard. Uh huh. It's Detroit Lions football. But other than that, no, it just looked like the Packers were on cruise control in that fourth quarter. Yeah. And if if I have to take away one positive from the defense, which gave up 24 points to the Lions, I think it's got to be Darnell Savage because Savage, for the third straight game, played really well. Yeah, he did. Led the team in eight tackles, which you never really want your safety leading the team in tackles. But he had a sack too, didn't he? But, yeah, he also had a sack. And he, he was there, and he didn't seem to be missing tackles. And like I said, that's the third straight game Darnell Savage has played really well. That's that's a good sign for the Packers' defense, especially from last year, because he played much better football last year as a rookie than he has so far through the first 10 games this season. 31-24, to 24, Aaron Rodgers, what a beast. 
What a beast. Three touchdown passes, ran for another. Rodgers started the game 10 for 10, 134 yards, two scores, giving the Packers a 14 to 7 lead, and he finishes with a quarterback rating of 133.6. My God. Rodgers now throwing an NFL best 39 tutties, only four interceptions, and he's completed a career best 69. Nice. 0.6% of his passes. And then you have uh, the guy he's throwing the ball to in Devontae Adams, who now has broken Don Hudson's record of, um, we'll see, Don had seven games in a row of touchdown catches. Devontae now eight as he's finished with seven catches for 114 yards, his sixth 100-yard effort in 11 games. Devontae Adams is, dude, when he put that shake and bake on uh, that Lions defender, oh, my God, that was sick. Rowdy, I saw you tweeting about it. Yeah, that <laughs> Did you see that guy's jockstrap laying on the field? 24 is lucky he didn't tear his ACL. Jesus. <laughs> I didn't know if I wanted to go with a little shake and bake or a little magic man. Shake and bake, because he did a little shimmy, then he's gone. Or the magic man, now you see him, now you don't. I think it's the magic man. Yeah, because now you saw him. Yeah. Now you don't. But my God, Devontae Adams is so badass. Ooh, it could have been El Diablo. <laughs> <laughs> they call him the magic man. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers. Um, 73, we're going inside the number, 73. That's how many times Rodgers has thrown for at least three touchdowns in a game after throwing for three on Sunday. He took, he surpassed Brett Favre in that stat and moved him fourth place all-time passing Brett Favre. Uh, the only thing that Rodgers won't pass Brett Favre in, I would imagine, would be the Ironman streak and the interceptions. <laughs> uh, 10 and 1, that's Matt LaFleur's record against the NFC North. I th- isn't that insane? In two years now, Matt LaFleur is 10-1 and one against the NFC North. That That's good? incredible. Is that good? Yes. Okay. And we were talking about Matt LaFleur. You found, the, you found it in the picture, didn't you? <laughs> well done. Uh, Matt LaFleur, what he's been able to do. I know we were starting to talk about this coming up. We're going to talk about the Packers' Achilles heel coming up here. Uh, but, Rowdy, you called it you know, workman's like against the Lions yesterday. I, I kind of agree with you. I think RJ agrees with you as well. How would you describe Matt Lafleur from this last year to this year now? Well, it's night and day. Yeah, his his offensive scheme are now scheming players open. Aaron Rodgers, most of the time when you see him make these passes, the guys are pretty wide open. Yeah, and it's not because all of a sudden the Packers' receiving talent just became great overnight. That's definitely not the case. Yeah, it's because. They've been schemed open, and the plays are right there, and they've been executed to perfection. RJ, you got your Badger colors on today. No, I don't see a motion W. No, unless it's on your undies. But how would you how would you describe what happened uh, at Kinnick Stadium against the Iowa Hawkeyes? You ran into a top fifteen defense. Uh, You didn't have a running back in the game. Um, you made every. Wait, what do you mean? I saw Nakia Watson score. Yeah, okay. You didn't have a running back in the game. Um, <laughs> just doubles down. The the fact when on fourth and one, and you don't have your one of your two fullbacks who are very capable of getting three yards a carry in there, and you decide to pass the ball. Like, the offensive play calling here... With the third down running back. Right. The offensive play calling here... (laughs) In Wildcat. In Wildcat. Like, (laughs) excuse yourself at this point in time. (laughs) Like, with, with... If there's openings, you... Behind the scenes, you highly suggest your offensive coordinator to move on so you don't have to demote him. Wow. And, uh, honestly, hey, Paul Chris said he still got the trust. Well, this was after the the loss my, against Indiana. He still got the trust no, in him. But look at it. Sure, you went up against the last three games were all against top forty defenses. Okay, but look at all the people they had out though. Right, but still, not not to make excuses. But I'm just devil's advocate. You, you still shouldn't be playing. Jack Dunn. I think we can all say that Paul Chris should have the play call. It's crazy what happened when uh, Chandler got in. He he started getting himself open. Abbott started getting himself open. Instead, we're playing Jack Dunn. uh, Yeah, when Jack Dunn's your leading receiver. And they kept going to him. No bueno. But, like, the thing is, it's not like he was getting himself open. He still had a guy right on him. 
And yeah, when you f- throw it to him ten times, it's like go to Jimmy DK or something. Throw, or... He make ten targets, five catches for fifty five yards. That's that's a decent day, but that shouldn't be your top receiver. Yeah, like that's a tight end type number. Well, they they ran like a little. Uh, they had, I believe it was Jack Dunn split out wide on a third down in like seven, I think it was. And that was when they ran almost like that arrow route where he kind of stopped and came back a little bit. Yeah. But why on earth is anyone like Jack Dunn ever splitting out wide? Yeah. That, that's <laughs> a why slot is, receiver. Why are you ever throwing that type of a route to a guy split out wide that's five foot seven, 180 pounds? I mean, Devin Chandler came in in the fourth quarter and had 28 yards. All right, let me ask you then. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna keep talking about this, but I just see this on Twitch here. Our guy G Dub says, "Why do we have to play this game, the one coming up against Minnesota? Because it's Axe Week. They've been doing this since 1906. He he is basically saying, I don't want the Badgers to lose the Axe. They're going to lose this game. <laughs> he just added to that comment, just effing shoot the dead horse. <laughs> What's well, if it's it's dead though? Why shoot it again? If, when you have <laughs> it's already dead." When you have an anemic offense we'll just like keep Michigan, beating, we'll keep beating it. When you have an, an anemic <laughs> offense like Michigan that can put up points on uh, Minnesota, I feel like Wisconsin has some sort of chance to put points on. All right. Well, the let me Gophers. ask you. So you you messaged me. We were messaging each other over the weekend, RJ, and it was you. Know, we were ta- trash talking oh, yeah. Michigan a little bit. No, it wasn't trash talking. Well, Michigan. it was it was us being like, we know what's happening here. Yeah. Minnesota played the game on Saturday. They had 33 scholarship athletes missing. And that's due to corona and injury. And injury. Michigan was missing nine. Yeah, and they canceled. And they canceled. They were screwing if, Ohio State. If you don't think Michigan purely did this to keep Ohio State out of the Big Ten championship game, yeah. get out of here. <laughs> like, that's that exactly was the what biggest middle finger to Ohio State because they thought the Big Ten would not change their rule. Yeah, that's exactly what they did. And okay, so what I was going with, though, though, is Minnesota has 33 scholarship athletes out because of COVID-19 or injury. They're still able to score 24 points and beat Nebraska. Nebraska is horrible. That is true. Wisconsin, though, they had a, a handful of play, players out. Like, you know, so Jalen Berger, big name, obviously. You're going up against a top 15 defense. But they went 10 quarters in a row without scoring a touchdown and then finally got one. Yeah, against defenses that are one all in the top 40. Was it the defense that set that up, too, for uh, the Badgers offense? Well, if Wisconsin played yeah. Nebraska the second week of the season, you would have saw something pretty similar to what you saw against Illinois. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the disjointed schedule, you miss two games, you come back and you play a bad Michigan team, uh, you miss another game, you come back and play uh, Northwestern, who for some reason you didn't change your playbook at all and they know it. <laughs> um, you had Indiana steal your calls, but it wasn't a big deal. So Not you a big still, deal. So you still went to the sideline to... Uh, Get the plays in. To, to get the plays in last week. Yep. Uh, that didn't work. And then I don't even know how you describe what happened Saturday against the Hawkeyes besides just you, you, you stink. There's no creativity by the offensive coordinator. It's not good. Well, when I initially saw that fourth and one where they lined up in Wildcat with Groshak and then they attempted to pass the ball out of the formation, yeah, I thought that that was clear to me that Jack Cohn would be coming in in the second half because clearly – if you didn't feel comfortable running the football with the running backs you had available, and you didn't feel comfortable throwing the football with Graham Mertz but on a fourth and one. But he wasn't available. Why, why wouldn't you be going with Jack Cohn in the second half? Well, we found out after the game he wasn't available, though he dressed the last two games. Makes no Which, sense. I, I, I saw this. Uh, I wanted to see Cohn. I saw this on Twitter from the people who probably don't know how college athletics work. Yeah. If a guy dresses on a travel squad, he takes up a roster spot. If he doesn't, guess what? He doesn't take up a roster spot. He's in street and clothes. somebody else could be on the travel squad. Yeah. All right. So he's not available. What the hell is he dressing for? Yeah, I don't understand that. That takes out of, let's see, what was it? You can take 80? 82? Something, Something yeah, like that. Low 80s. Uh, on your travel squad. The Badgers hamstrung themselves because they're going to dress four quarterbacks, one of which is not going to play at all because he's not available. You're down to your 81 
travel squad people. And just think, maybe you could have brought another running back. Maybe you could have <laughs> brought, or, or let's try bring a running back. Yeah. I mean, one thing I want to know hey, is. Hey, Nikia Watson scored. Come on. Julius Davis, what's up with him? Like, at some point in time, he's, what's he in the doghouse for? You think in this season, like, anyone should be able to play. Right. Even if you're in a doghouse, like, who cares? Just go I mean, if I'm seeing what I'm seeing, at some point, the doghouse goes away because, hey, kid, I need your help. This guy dancing around who can't <laughs> see a hole to save his life outside of a one-yard run. And, by the way, RJ's can't catch a ball go. either. Axe Week is back on. Axe Week and Champions Week. As the Big Ten announced their uh, Champions Weekend matchups, you got uh, Nebraska taking on Rutgers, Purdue at Indiana, Ohio State versus Northwestern. Obviously, it's the Big Ten title game. You got Minnesota at Wisconsin, Illinois at Penn State, Michigan at Iowa, and Michigan State at Maryland. What do we think? Uh, <laughs> Everyone's got this like yeah, crappy to grin on their face right for, now. It's first just thing, hilarious. First thing I'd like to say is congratulations to all the Rutgers over. Betters. <laughs> yeah. How about it, Rowdy? Got it. And what was how, their over-under? I think one it and was a one and a half. They got three wins. <laughs> and uh, Greg Schiano coming through. Like we were talking about earlier in the season, Michigan State could be the worst team, and they're tied for the worst team with <laughs> Illinois and Nebraska. How about that? What a crazy world. Remember when um, someone, Big J, said no team uh, in the Big Ten will finish with more than five wins? And we all laughed at him. Said, you're an idiot. Two of them have six. I'm like, you're an idiot, Three dude. of them. Like, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Indiana. Like, Wisconsin's going to go undefeated, you dumbass. And they're two and three. And then, look, yeah, who, but who's you, the dumbass now? If you look at the <laughs> uh, you look at the Badgers, they've allowed 77 points in five games. Is that good? No. That's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, especially because they've played five games, they've allowed 77 points. Ohio, Ohio State's State allowed 116, yeah. Five games and allowed 116 Wisconsin points. Wisconsin defense, the second best in school history. The only only the best one was 1951. They've also scored 114 points 14, on offense, yeah. where Ohio State scored 233. <laughs> but we've already been talking about how bad the offense has been. Correct. All right, Champions Weekend. You guys like it? Yeah, I like the concept. Same. Uh, you know, I. Well, here's what. Okay, here's I what I like most about it. In a normal year, if this would be allowed. I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. No, because no. there wouldn't there wouldn't be a reason for it. No, there wouldn't. But it's it, not. It's it, fun. It'd be it'd be cool. The concept if, is fun because I I don't I think you're allowed 13 regular season games technically. The concept of it is fun. Yeah. So obviously the Champions Weekend is going to be a little different now for Wisconsin because we're the oldest rivalry in college, the longest running rivalry since 1906. In FBS. In FBS, excuse me, in FBS. Oldest in FBS was Wisconsin and Minnesota. It was canceled on November 28th because of the Rones. Uh, the Gophers had a Rona outbreak, but now they're making it up for Champions Weekend. And it's not oldest, it's most played. Sorry, most played. A lot of, uh, a lot of uh, minutia in between it all. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so the, the most played rivalry continues. From 1906, Champions Weekend. A lot of people are saying, please, God, no. Wisconsin's terrible. I don't want Bucky to lose the axe. Well, it's happening. And, RJ, you said for the Heartland Trophy against Iowa, you're like, you don't need that trophy to get inspired. It's Iowa versus Wisconsin. Old school, smash mouth football. That should be enough to get you fired up. I think the Badgers missed that memo. Well, Will the axe fire them up? They don't don't care about the trophy. Yes, same, Iowa, same with the Freedom Trophy. Like Yes. The axe, though, is something that is heralded. It's like you, you right. bow down to it. And, and a lot of it has to deal with, you know, uh, like the reciprocity between Minnesota and Wisconsin. Uh, you know, like we we talked about three weeks ago, you know people who went to Minnesota. Yeah. You know Minnesotans who have come to Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, don't uh, you know? So, I mean, there's that border isn't as crossed or is more crossed than uh, the Illinois-Wisconsin border or the non-existent border between Nebraska and Wisconsin. Um, and like I said, those, and for two, some reason they call- those two trophies were fabricated because of staff that had connections to the other school. Mm-hmm. Um, Minnesota, 
And Wisconsin has had a deep hate since the 1800s. I hate your guts. And they call their casserole hot dish. That's strange. Yeah. I don't get that. Hot dish is a whole subclass yeah. of something to pass. When I was on not, a podcast. Not a tater tot casserole. When I was on that podcast a couple of weeks ago, there was like one guy from Minnesota. So do they call it a green bean hot dish? Yeah. He said they call it green bean hot dish. I'm like, you're an idiot. Yeah. It's green bean casserole. It's green bean casserole. Like, what are we? Tater tot casserole. Like, do you put crack in your green? Like, uh, is that why you're so dumb? Like, what? <laughs> it's not green bean hot dish. Green... Anyways, enough about hot dish versus casserole. It's casserole. Yeah, the hot dish is the subset of anything. It's casserole. You, you bring a hot dish to pass. It's casserole. And one of those hot dishes is a casserole. Yes. Or like, you know, an egg dish. Or something like that. Okay, so all right, back to, enough about hot dish of casserole, which it might come up again. But <laughs> the Axe Week is going to happen. Yep. Is it a good idea? Yeah. Well, Rowdy. I mean, I if the teams want to both play it, I guess sure. I mean, who else were they going to play this weekend? I think the crossover was going to be Penn State. Yeah. Didn't you kind of want to see Penn State just to kind of stick it to them a little? Yeah, more? that was that was when they <laughs> just were just stick it to them. That was when they were winless, though. Oh yeah, because I wanted to continue that just pounding on Penn State. Well, yeah. and you look at it. Well, did Maryland beat Minnesota? Yes, I think because I'm I'm trying to think of. Yes, they beat them 45-44. Yeah, Maryland. Um, yeah, so in, in overtime, I mean, that game already happened. You didn't have to worry about them not. You didn't want to see that game again. Um, and so you just, well, this is where the big 10 once again, screwed the pooch (laughs) and mishandled this whole thing. Cause one, they should have never had divisions this year in a chaotic year where they took the extra month from when they were originally going to start to quote unquote, get things right and get all their testing figured out, which we know they already had figured out. They really didn't change anything. Right. What they should have done is have no conference or no divisions. No divisions yeah. Take the top two teams from the conference, yep. and if any long time or or big rivalries were not played because of cancellations, make those priorities in Champions Weekend, which is kind of what they done they did, but they just well it they only really did it for Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Purdue, Indiana. Other than that, I mean they and I'm well, I, what, what I'm would with put, you. That's. That's what it should have been. What would put more eyes on the TV, though? You know, Wisconsin versus Minnesota or Wisconsin versus Penn State for their crossover? I don't think it matters. Since it's on BTN, uh, probably Wisconsin versus Minnesota. Yeah, totally. Because, I mean, it's it, it's still like one of those things where you look back at it and it's like Green Bay, Chicago. Like, both teams could be bad, but people are going to watch it because it's the because of the rivalry. Because of the rivalry, it's the longest rivalry in the NFL right now. Do in you Green guys? Bay, Chicago. Do you Just guys like, think that Wisconsin can beat Minnesota and keep the X? I do. Um, mostly because of the Wisconsin defense has been shown to be able to stop the run. And right and now, that's Bateman's, all, he, he's done. Yeah, apparently he peaced out at Thanksgiving. Yeah, he said he's done. He's going to the NFL, um, which. I didn't know until watching the Nebraska-Minnesota game, and they're like, and with Rashad Bateman being gone for almost a month now, I was like, whoa. Well, <laughs> Minnesota hadn't played because they missed a couple games, yeah, right? Yeah, two weeks. Yeah, so they played on the 20th, and they played again on the Saturday. But the I, I didn't – like, that didn't come out as news, so maybe it wasn't that big of a deal. But now you're without any NFL talent at wide receiver. You, st- you stop Abraham, and you stop this – Go for offense. What Wisconsin should do Man. is Tanner, keep the defense out there. Tanner Morgan is not going to look good if he doesn't have Bateman, no. especially after taking Tyler Johnson off how the many, team. How many years has he been around? What is, like, what is... Seeming forever? No. Uh, is Tanner Morgan, like, a junior right uh, He's now? either junior or, or senior. Or, like, a red shirt? Because he probably should have left. It's like Dimitri Trice vibes for the Badgers. Like, man, this guy feels like he's been on here forever. Talking about the Packers being the number one seed, how important it is. I got comments about that from Aaron Rodgers. It's important for sure to get that extra week of rest. The big thing, though, you know, and you guys know this, you know, we've played in, I believe, four NFC Championship games, all four on the road. So being able to have the whole thing come through Green Bay is something that we've talked about for a long time. We've wanted and we've never had. I think that would definitely be in our favor with the weather that we have in Green Bay. Now, is the weather really that big of a deal? I mean, both teams are playing in the weather. 
the Packers are just more used to it because they, you know, live there, I guess. But think about that. The Packers, four NFC Championship games all on the road. Obviously, they uh, were all on the road in 2010-2011 season, won the Super Bowl. But the fact that you have a home field advantage, runs through Lambeau, is definitely a good thing. Here's more from Rodgers on the difference between this team and those that fell in the previous NFC title games. You know, we're, we're built a little bit differently, I think, as opposed to some of those teams, to all those teams. But I feel like this team has a lot of role players. A lot of times when you say that, and I've said this before, it has almost a negative connotation, like you're just a role player, you know, for somebody to say that. That, that doesn't apply when I say that about this squad. I feel like there's so many guys that have specific roles. Having a bunch of role players, Roger says it's not a bad thing. Nelson, is it a bad thing? that the Packers are filled with role players. We've seen Matt LaFleur able to scheme just about anyone with a pulse open. And that offense has been looking just incredible. And Rodgers hit three different receivers. He ran one in himself yesterday. Is it a bad thing? Yeah, Rodgers says usually role players have negative connotations. Not necessarily, but you'd love to have the more star players, right? Yeah. I mean, but that's pretty easy to say. (laughs) I think every team would rather have star players than role players. Yeah. Here's more from Rodgers and what they do have on this team. You know, I really like the vibe of this team, the energy of the guys, and the way the guys enjoy each other and kind of fight through adversity. This offense is different than we've had in a few years, for sure. You know, we have a dynamic playmaker, and we have a lot of great dudes who uh, who understand their roles and play them really, really well. More from Rodgers here on players accepting their roles. Like, like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he is a role player. He had a really good game yesterday. MVS had a great game yesterday, did he not? Yeah, that's probably one of his better games this season. Yeah, he looked great. Uh, here's more from Rodgers on players accepting their roles. First of all, when you give a guy a role, you empower him. And when that player embraces that role uh, and makes the most of it, it, it lifts the entire squad. And we have a lot of guys who are role players, and they have important roles. Some are big, uh, some aren't as big. But when you embrace those things, and it's more about the team and less about you know the individual, the whole team wins. I think this is the greatest thing about Matt LaFleur. Obviously, Mike McCarthy's tenure with the Packers ran very long in the tooth. And by the end of that relationship, you had Ted Thompson doing whatever he wanted to do. I think he was confused. I think he was wandering around, not knowing even where he was. You had Mike McCarthy doing what he wanted to do. You had Aaron Rodgers doing what he wanted to do. You had other players. I mean, just look at like Ty Montgomery, who tried to t- knew what he was supposed to do against the Rams a couple of years ago, took the ball out, fumbled it, cost the Packers a game. You had so many people not buying into the system anymore because it all starts at the top of people butting heads. McCarthy, pissed at Thompson. Rodgers, pissed at McCarthy. Rodgers, pissed at Thompson. Thompson doesn't know those two guys' names anymore. Then you have other players doing whatever they want to do. There was no one buying into the team concept. Now you have players and coaches and people at the top buying into the team concept. Is that what's happening right now? Matt LaFleur able to bring them all in, a breath of fresh air, a new philosophy, and everyone buys in. Yeah, and what what were some of the things that we talked about about Matt LaFleur last year in his first season? He seems to be a guy that, for the most part, everyone likes. Yeah, He seems to be a guy that's been a, a pretty good leader of a football team, but what were we questioning? His offense? Yeah. Because it looked disjointed, it didn't look very good, and it wasn't very consistent. Well, now you look at year two, he still is that the leader that th- these guys can get behind and that everyone likes, and it seems to go pretty smoothly, and now the offense is, is running efficiently. The offense looks good with Aaron Rodgers throwing the football all over the field. They're still being able to have a, a running game with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, maybe not necessarily for over 100 yards a game yeah. like they were early in the year, but still running the ball on pretty good uh, yards per carry clips. Yeah, it's been it's been so nice to watch and you know fun to watch the Packers and Matt Lafleur do what they need to do uh, to get it done. We'll have more comments from Lafleur. So, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's just one thing that I think everyone has saw since the changing of the guard from McCarthy to Lafleur is the guys even from day one seem to at least rally around him more than those last couple of years of Big Mike. Yeah. Well, it's like every relationship. You need to work on it. You can't You can't just rest on your laurels and have, as a guy who's been in a relationship for, uh, let's see here, I'm going on almost 13 years now with my wife. 
you got to, uh, and you know, I'm comparing, yes, uh, you know, being married to a, a football team like Rodgers and McCarthy and Rodgers and LaFleur. You need to work on the relationship. You just can't, you know, you got to put an effort into it. Otherwise, it will go sour. It will go south. And that's what happened with McCarthy and Rodgers. Now you have them working towards a relationship, you know, LaFleur and Rodgers. And yeah, winning helps a lot, but also putting the work in, putting the effort in, you know, to uh, for a, a shared goal. All right, speaking of feeling damn good, Packers win the NFC North. Rodgers said he uh, had to sit back and just kind of take it all in. Felt good. Felt real good to get that win under his belt. Here you go. About this team in training camp, I felt really good about, you know, how I was feeling in the offense uh, and everybody kind of settling into their second year in the scheme and the organization and their specific roles. But you never know until you get out there. And the first week against Minnesota, a team that's always played us really tough, you know, offensively, the efficient that we had. How can you not feel great about that? So Matt LaFleur has only lost one NFC North game. That was against the Vikings earlier this year. Isn't that wild to think about? Matt LaFleur. Has only lost one NFC North. He's ten and one against the NFC North. Yeah, and that was a game where the Packers came out were winning too right away. Yeah, then and then all of a sudden, Delvin Cook. Yeah, the second quarter for the rest of the game just became the Delvin Cook show, and the Packers' defense couldn't stop him. Yeah, here is Lafleur talking about how he's proud of his team. You know, it's never easy. It's never perfect in this league, but our guys stick together. They battle. We knew it was going to be a four-quarter battle, and we're going to enjoy this one. We're going to enjoy it for one night, and then we're going to get back to work because there's a lot out in front of us, and we know what's the work that it's taken to get to this point, and nothing changes in our mind. So we got to attack it one day at a time, one game at a time. LaFleur, you could you could set your watch of what he's going to say in the podium. One day at a time, baby. Here's more on LaFleur and the state of his team through 13 games. I just feel really good about our team, but we're going to focus one day at a time. And I know we have the Carolina Panthers coming up on a short week. I know they'll be gassed up, ready to play. It sounds like they're going to get some guys back. And we got to make sure we bring our best each and every week. Because if you don't, it's just too competitive in this league. You can't take anything for granted. you got to earn everything that you get. You think LaFleur just goes home and studies? There's like He's got like 10 lines that he says verbatim, and he just studies them every night. Memorize, memorize, memorize. One day at a time. Opportunity. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, we get it, dude. It's okay to let your guard down a little bit and uh, celebrate a little more. Uh, Matt LaFleur does talk about the key to the Packers, how they've had so much success on offense last year. Because remember last year, Rowdy, that offense just seemed herky-jerky? Like it was, they seemed like lucky to win games, and the, you're like, I don't know how they won, but they won. Wasn't that kind of the vibe? Yeah, it wasn't very Packers? pretty. This year's been pretty. Here's Lafleur on why that offense has been so good. You know, if a defense wants to, they, they can really target and try to take an individual away, and a lot of times that happens to be the guy wearing number 17. So, you know, it was really encouraging to see other guys step up and make key catches and, and able to get first downs. Your thoughts on uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling's performance yesterday against the Lions? I think it was probably one of his best games of his career. Yeah, no doubt about it. Here is uh, LeFleur on MVS. Just really, really proud of his effort. I think he's done a great job of bringing a lot of energy and excitement to practice and, and really straining and digging it to try to get better each and every day. And it shows through in the game situations. He has a guy that has probably improved as much as anybody on our offense over the course of two years. Uh, and then let's look at uh, LaFleur did bring up number 17, i.e. Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams has now broken Don Hudson's record as Devontae has now had eight touchdown catch or eight touchdowns, eight games in a row with a touchdown, I should say. Uh, Don Hudson's was at seven. Uh, Marque- Marquez. Devontae Adams talks about his fellow wide receiver, though, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. To be able to overcome, you know, a lack of targets, not really playing the way you want to play and, you know, everything that comes with that. You know, I got a lot of respect for that man for coming out and just catching the ball the way he did. And, you know, you could see as the game went on, just the more and more comfortable catching the ball and then starting to look to get yak immediately. So that's the way we play. Our mental is always trying to be on the next play. And for him to come out and do that, it says a lot about how his mind state is right now. Rowdy, Devontae Adams, you tweeted about it. When Devontae did his little shake and bake on the Lions defender, I forget who it was. And then came out of it with a high step? Yeah. And then he just made that guy, like, lose his jock, just broke his ankles. I thought to myself, my God, Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the NFL. And then I thought about DeAndre Hopkins again and was like, I don't know who's better. But that's a good thing to have because they're both phenomenal. Devontae Adams, are we witnessing, like, one of the greatest, if not the greatest Packers wide receiver of all time? Yeah, I mean, you're starting to look at it, and obviously 
I never saw Sterling Sharp play. It was fun. I was a kid, though. Uh, also, you think about how good like Jordy Nelson was. Yeah. You think about how good Donald Driver was. You think about Greg Jennings. I mean, we can continue to do this, especially from you know the Brett Favre to the Aaron Rodgers era, early era of receivers. And you'd have to put Donald Driver and Jordy Nelson right up there, but what Devontae Adams has been doing when there's no other talent around him is incredible because when we talk about Donald Driver late in his career, when we talk about Greg Jennings and Jordy Nelson, they all had each other. Yeah, They all had a lot of other weapons that these other teams had to account for. Now it's Devontae Adams, and we've been saying Devontae Adams and who for probably at least three, four years now where the, there aren't a whole lot of other targets for Aaron Rodgers to go to outside of Devontae Adams. Therefore, it's even more impressive because you know that they're going to have guys over the top. You know that they're keying on them. They know that the best uh, corner on their team is probably going to be guarding yep. or covering Devontae Adams. And the greatest, I mean, the connection that Rodgers and Devontae Adams has is insane. They can just flick a little eye. Like, you know, Rodgers could like blink his eye a different way, and Devontae's like, oh, yeah, I got you, dude. And then they go and hit this just miraculous pass and catch, and then Devontae does a little shake and bake. And he's in the end zone. Here's more from Devontae Adams about the, the Packers. We still got more work to do. Just kind of had that Kobe mindset. We're definitely not done. We got a lot more work to be uh, put in and, and get where we ultimately want to be. But like I said, we're putting ourselves in a pretty good position right now. We just got to keep our head down and keep working. Also says they got to finish the season strong. We got a lot more work in front of us. You know, being in this, this is a pretty familiar position for me, obviously. I've put this T-shirt on quite a few times now over the past seven years. I'm really confident as a team, obviously, but we've, we've been in a really good position, got to the NFC Championship. I've been in that three times, so you don't really want to look up until uh, until you get all the way through it. All right, Devonta Adams also talks about, um, you know, he just said, I, I put this shirt on a few times. That's the NFC North Champion shirt. He had one that says one and done, or was it one and done, one and more, whatever it is. One and not done, excuse one, yeah, me. Yeah, I was going to say. One and not done, W-O-N, one and not done. Uh, he talks about their mindset after winning the division and uh, now having the number one seed. We got it now. So, I mean, it's, it's basically just about finishing the season strong, not taking any of these last games light and taking care of business. You know, we got an opponent who has a really good team. Their, their record would show otherwise. But, you know, I got a lot of respect for this team coming into Lambeau on Saturday. So we can't take that light and then finish out those last two games after that. It's one game at a time, but we went out. Um, we, we're putting ourselves in a pretty good position. All right, I'll get to the phones here in a second. 608-321-1671. More from Devontae talking about what makes this team different than the three teams he's been on that lost in NFC title games. I say we're a little bit more of a resilient bunch than we were before. We've obviously been through a lot together. Went to the West Coast and got our butt kicked a few times last year, so just kind of having that in the back of our mind and having gone through that, I think it's made us a lot stronger and a lot tougher as a team. This team is, is definitely resilient and I, I like where we're headed. I like the mindset of everybody. Really good juju, really good energy in the locker room, so we just got to keep using that as fuel to, to keep us going. Rowdy, we got a message earlier this morning from one of our loyal listeners. What's up, Dominic? He says, what are your thoughts if the Packers went after Lovey Smith as the new defensive coordinator? So you would, And then he says, put out a poll. What would you rather have, Lovey Smith, Mike Pettin, Rex Ryan, or Jim Leonard, Wisconsin Badgers, D.C.? Who would you – I mean, I think I would go Jim Leonard, but I wouldn't want to rob the Badgers of Jimmy Leonard – what would you like to, the Packers to do out of that list of options? Keep Mike Pettin, go get a new hire like Lovey well, Smith, or I think, Rex Ryan, I'd say no. Yeah, obviously Mike Pettin's going to be there for the rest of the season. Yes. So if he has another bad blow-up in a game that costs the Packers a game, you can't bring him back. So scratch that option. Okay, real quick on Mike Pettin. Do you think that he comes back next year? Um, let's say the Packers get to the Super Bowl. Or let's say they get to the NFC Championship game and lose. Does Mike Pettin come back? 50-50. If they get to the Super Bowl, does Mike Pettin come back? Not win, just get. I think it all depends on how that defense looks down the stretch against good teams, right? Like if they continue to play decent where they're giving up 20, 24 points a game and they're still getting some turnovers and maybe the special teams allows the uh, other team's offense to score like a cheap touchdown or something like that. Mm -hmm. I think he could uh, skate by, but if they continue to look bad and it's not the special teams that ends up killing them, but it's, it's another, I don't know, San Francisco 49er game mm -hmm. where you just get the football ran right down your throats <laughs> and you don't make any adjustments. Yeah. Then I think we'll see you later. He'll get his walking papers. See you.
Uh, yeah. I think it's 50-50. I think um, if the Packers don't make it to an NFC Championship game, I think you'd see Mike Pettin then move on from him. I mean, that's the last that's the last hangover from Mike McCarthy's regime. Like Pettin's stayed on. Now, granted, he was just a one-year McCarthy hire for defensive coordinator, and he didn't have a terrible year. And no, but uh, but the Packers' defense has talent. It's just you look at Pettin and someone's you're like, oh my god. All right, so yeah, if they have success, fifty-fifty. If they don't, obviously he's gone. Lovey Smith was an, was asked by us. Lovey Smith um, out as now Illinois head coach. It. I don't see Lovey Smith coming to to Green Bay. It just doesn't make sense. It's not a it's not a good fit with Green Bay. Lovey Smith runs a four three defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Packers have been drafting and been playing in that three four since Dom Capers took over, and I just I don't think they would change from that. So then that would leave you with who was on the no, list Then he for asked you? Rex Ryan or Jim Leonard. Jim Leonard, I think he's pretty set in Madison, or else you would have seen him leave for a different job already. But my God, been, the NFL keeps knocking on his yeah, door. Yeah, he's been pretty vocal that Wisconsin and Madison are his home, so I think you can cross him off the list. Yeah, I like the Rex Ryan, though. He's a 3-4 guy. You like he's, the you would like the Rex Ryan hire if they did it? Yeah, he's a, he's a guy that knows defense. He has some head coaching experience. He's better as a DC than he's, he's a head he's coach. He's a great DC. And look at some of those defenses that the Baltimore Ravens and the New York Jets had when he was either the DC or the head coach. Yeah. I mean, and he runs the 3-4 defense, which is what the Packers have been drafting for. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan has um, got a foot fetish, too. His foot fetish wouldn't fly too well in Wisconsin because they're going to be wearing boots. But, yeah, um, Mike so Pettin. out of that, so out of that list, yeah, rank Rex, Rex Ryan would be number one. I don't. I, I think, would. I would like Jimmy Leonard on the on the Packers, but I don't. I don't want to rob the Badgers of that, and I don't think it would happen because Jimmy yeah. Leonard has been very vocal about being a Wisconsin Badger. In, li- in likeliness that it would happen, I think it would be Rex Ryan, Petten stays, Jim Leonard, Lovey Smith. Uh, what I would actually want, yeah, who? if I was the Green Bay Packers, Rex Ryan, Jim Leonard, Petten stays. Lovey Smith. Lovey, Lovey Smith. Smith just doesn't make sense with a schematic point of view. No, well, you, know, you ran, just brought it up because he's now out, fired as head coach for Illinois. If he, if they ran a four three defense, I could see it. Uh, let's see here on Twitch, we got the King saying Dan Quinn or Matt Patricia. If Matt Patricia came to Green Bay, I would. <sighs> Matt Patricia has like a Mike McCarthy type staff written all over it. Could you see him and Big Mike walking the sidelines together? <laughs> I, was, I don't know if who's could, bigger. I think Matt Patricia's bigger. I think Patricia is. I think think Patricia's bigger than Big Mike. (laughs) By the way, shout out for Big Mike and the Cowboys getting that win uh, yesterday. Yeah, that would be the the two tandem. Big Mike is the offensive coordinator, and Big Matt is the defensive coordinator. God, imagine if they're on the staff together. they're co-head coaches. You know who's the most pissed about them being on a staff together? It would be the team nutritionist. Like, oh my God, you guys, you're making my job already tough as it is by hiring Mike McCarthy. Now I got Matt Patricia here. What do you want me to do? I'm not a miracle worker. Or if you're the nutritionist, you have long-term security. We welcome in our fountain of Wisconsin sports knowledge and new owner of a PlayStation 5, our sports director, Zach Heilprin. Zach, what's up, dude? Good morning. All right, let me let me just float this by you. Mm-hmm. I am also in the market for a PlayStation 5. I can't find one to save my freaking life. You were uh, lucky enough to snag one. Once you get it this week, can you give it to me first, and I can try it out to make sure that I want to spend the money to get one? That seems only fair. I yeah. do. I mean, that, that, that seems only a fair thing to do. I mean, you've, you've, you know? you've gone this long without one. What's another, I don't know, let me have like, can I try it out for like a month? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Definitely. All right. So we're, yeah, we're good. Sure. This is recorded, by the way, so I can borrow it. For yeah, yeah. Okay. Try yeah, it out. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Good. All right. Thanks, Zach. Yeah. Uh, I'll expect mm-hmm. it on my desk once you get that. Uh, I'm assuming, you know, sometime uh, early this week. All right, Zach. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Zach, what yes. in the. Excuse me. I'm a sore. Oh. What in the oh. H happened Saturday at Kinnick Stadium against the Iowa Hawkeyes for the Wisconsin Badgers? The same exact thing that happened against Indiana and Northwestern. They didn't play well uh, offensively. They're a very not so great offensive team right now. I mean, they've they haven't scored more than ten points, or they haven't scored over 10, 10 points or more in three straight games. The first time that's happened in thirty years. So, I mean, it's it is a uh, historically bad offense right now, and and you could say that a lot of it has to do with not having Danny Davis or Kendrick Pryor, and then you know I was not having Jalen Berger, but. I mean, there's been a lot of 
poor offensive weapon teams here the last 30 years, and at least at least some of them have scored at least 10 points, and this one hasn't. So it was a really, really poor performance. I feel for the defense. I mean, they, no, they're gave, so them good. So many, they gave them so many opportunities. Obviously, they ended up giving up some big plays, but they gave the offense so many opportunities, and the offense just could not convert whatsoever. Did they say why Jalen Berger wasn't playing, or is it just one of those, he's out, good luck figuring it out? Yeah, well, there was uh, – yes. That's essentially what it was. They found out Friday morning that he wasn't going to be available. Graham Mertz said afterward that he is trying, or he, he hopes Jalen's feeling good because he knows uh, how bad that can affect your body because he went through it too. So what does that mean? That means he has COVID. And, uh, you know, nothing, nothing official, but, yeah, his season is done. Well, man, this is just a very, very, very interesting season for the Badgers. Yeah, that defense is so good. Would there ever be an opportunity where they could just have the defense on the field the whole time and let them, you know, try their hand at offense too? Because I feel like it can't get any worse. You suggested that, and I would, and I completely agree with it. You know, the defense is incredible. The defense was, the defense was definitely good enough to win that game, and they didn't. They they had their, they gave, as I said before, they gave the offense opportunities, and they just couldn't, they couldn't convert. But the front seven, I mean, they gave up that eighty-yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter, but. Iowa had 47 yards on our 31 other carries. I mean, that, that, that is ridiculous. And so the defense deserves so much better than, than, yes. than this offense. Well, I right chuckled now. because I was reading your article at MadCitySportsZone.com, and you give out game balls for offense, defense, special teams. And for the Badgers offense, this is the first time I think I've ever seen you do this. The offense, you gave it a an N-A, not applicable. Uh, yeah. the, no one was deserving. It was, it was terrible. Zach, I thought – I wanted it to see it happen, but it didn't. Jack Cohen. Jack Cohen dressed but wasn't available? Was that the case? Yeah. What was up with that? Yeah. I, I don't understand that. Because uh, then they just take it up a roster spot then? Like for, yeah, the, like for the traveling tra- like team? A, tra- a travel team, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't get – I don't understand that. Um, maybe might get a little bit uh, clarification from, from Paul Chris why he's dressing when he's not able to play. I don't understand. Um, I don't get it. Don't get it. I, I don't I, I don't get it. But yeah, he he was not available to play, and so that's why. I mean, I, that's not why Graham Rich didn't get replaced. But uh, everyone that was calling for Jack Cohn, I mean, that's the reason why. He, uh, I guess wouldn't it, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, I guess. And well, uh, you know, Chase Wolf. Uh, you know, I, I personally would have thrown somebody else in there at, at some point. Well, let me because, ask you on Graham Mertz because Graham yeah. Mertz, my God, the hype, the hype. I've never been a part of something so hyped up than Graham Mertz. Uh, you know, from last season, then to starting this season, then we have the Illinois game, and Mertz Mania is just has hit critical mass. And yeah. now you look at Mertz Mania, and you're like, what? What am I watching? Like, is this kid overrated? Is you know, et cetera, et cetera. What should we do as a? Uh, I know, as from the reporter side of things, as fans that we are, what should we do with our expectations of Graham Mertz moving forward? Is he still the real deal? Or is he still going to be the starting quarterback next year? Like, what is expectation of Mertz moving forward? In my opinion, he's still as physically gifted as any quarterback they've ever had. Like, he can make every single throw. Uh, he's he's we've seen that at times, but yeah, it's it's been a tough go, and I, I think that shouldn't be unexpected. I mean, not having any spring ball. Not having a really good, you know, uh, or extensive fall camp, and then losing the experienced weapons. I mean, you lose Danny Davis, you lose Kendra Pryor. I mean, they they have barely played the last three games. Danny obviously hasn't played at all, and then you go and lose Jalen Berger too. I mean, like you don't have any explosive weapons uh, with any experience. Like I think Tim Rakiki is going to be a good player. We saw a little bit of Devin Chandler uh, this past week, but teams are doubling Jake Ferguson and uh, forcing other guys to beat him, and right now they can't. Uh, and, and Graham's a big part of that, too. Like, he's, his accuracy's been off, either too high, too low, too hot, too, uh, too soft. Like, it's, 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 been, it's been a little bit of a tough go. But I, I think Graham is still as talented a quarterback as, as they've ever gotten, and I think he's shown that he can do it. It's just a matter of doing it on a consistent basis and, and getting some help from guys, too. I mean, yeah. guys got to make contested catches. Guys got to make tough plays when the ball isn't exactly where it has to be. And they haven't necessarily done that uh, these last three weeks. Zach Heilprin, our sports director, joining us right now. Zach, we'll talk more about it as uh, the week ticks down here. We get closer to the weekend. But uh, Big Ten coming out, say, Wisconsin-Minnesota is on for Paul Bunyan's axe. Good idea? Bad idea? Are the Gophers going to take the axe? What do you think? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think a few weeks ago it made a, it, it, 
<laughs> people are a lot more excited about it than they yeah, probably now I'm are nervous. right now. Uh, now it's more of, oh boy. I, did they open as a double-digit favorite, Wisconsin did? Um, I think, I think I, so. I think I saw that. I think I saw that. Because I saw That's Twitter insane. I saw Twitter laughing at it. That's insane. They can't score in the double digits, but they can be favored by double digits. Nelly? Seems... Wisconsin is currently an 11.5-point favorite. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. I'm, I'd take Minnesota all day. I mean, Ooh, I, gross. Just, that, that is insane. Minnesota won with 33 players out last week. Now, again, Nebraska, yikes. But they, they <laughs> were without 33 players and, and still won the game. Like I, They have all the momentum in the world. They have, obviously, the motivation of payback from last year. And you got a Wisconsin team that is – limping into this uh, in, in a myriad of ways, both mentally and, and physically. So, yeah, I, I can't believe that they put that, that line up there, and I, I imagine it's going to be bet into the single digits and uh, and come down quite a bit, you would think, before game day. Yeah, one would think. Man, I, we'll talk more about it as the week progresses here. But, Zach, before I let you go, final question for you. How excited are you for Sister Jean and Loyola of Chicago taking on the Badgers now Tuesday at the Kohl Center? Do we think Sister Jean's coming? I, Probably not. Huh? Uh, she would, I think, to maybe uh, take Nelson up on that date he offered her a while ago. Yeah. But I, I think the COVID's scaring her away a little bit. Man, what a year already for the basketball team, having to, having to, on short notice, find these opponents. I mean, first it was Rhode Island last week. Now it's Loyola. They get Louisville wiped off their schedule. They get uh, Northern Iowa wiped off the schedule. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's exciting. It's, it's great that they found a game, but um, – you know, right now it looks like they're only going to get six non-conference games in as opposed to the seven they want. Maybe they'll find something for this weekend. I don't know, but not great. Well, do you know what initially is supposed to be this weekend? Or are you do talking I, the Louisville that was supposed to happen? Or the weekend that just that, happened? That Louisville was supposed to I mean, there was a chance Louisville was going to happen. Sunday? Louisville, Louisville was supposed to happen Wednesday, right? Last yes. Wednesday. Yeah, then it was and maybe then it was, Sunday. Then it was maybe Sunday, but apparently they had to shut things down uh, again. Louisville did. And then obviously Northern Iowa cancels it. Final yeah. what two two, uh, two games, games. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's Nebraska. Then they start the Big Ten play of Nebraska on the twenty first. So then they're squeezing. E- yeah, right. So I, I, right, I don't. I I mean, it's, it's possible, but I, I doubt it. In terms of you know finding another team to throw in there, um, uh, just because you're up against it. Question. Yes. Do you have any pull in the sister Jean sister Jean camp? <laughs> I want to get her on air. Do you have any poll? Do you like you're, you're a big J. You got any poll over there? I, I I don't have any poll. I don't know if she's doing interviews, but maybe if she knew there was a guy that was potential date material, uh, she might be willing to. Nelson's shaking his head. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. But <laughs> Nelly, is, you want to take her to Hooters or Buffalo Wild Wings or <laughs> no? Take him wherever. Yeah, I mean, take him wherever you want. Where her wherever you want, Nelson. You got plenty of time now that your fantasy team is knocked out. <laughs> He was so mad at me this morning because I chirped him a little bit. He's like, I'm, I'm the biggest Justin Tucker fan tonight, so I the will has, lose. The has-beens the never worse. <laughs> no, it's because we got a bunch of sissies on our team that were hurt all year. <laughs> you drafted them. <laughs> all right, uh, Zach. Uh, oh, real quick. RJ, yeah. RJ's dad, RJ's dad's second cousin is related to Sister Jean. So I do have oh. one avenue. You should go that avenue for sure. I think I I'm trying, but I didn't know if the, the big J that you are, if you had like a different end, you know what I'm saying? I, I, no, I don't. I don't. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll try and figure out the, our girl, Sister Jean. Zach, appreciate your All time, right. man. Yep, later. See you, buddy. There's our sports director.